Ryan Reese Show from Southern California. This is the Ryan Reese Show. Post your questions using at Ryan Reese on his Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Are you ready? All right. It is going down tonight. So, if you guys haven't noticed, my voice is kind of going out. I don't know why. You know, I got sick probably like three weeks ago. Actually, my whole house got sick, one child after another. And then my wife got sick, and I was bragging about how I take all the vitamins. I take the D, I take the zinc, I take the E, the immune boost, all these things. I even go down to Laguna Beach, and they give you like a little shot, you know, in your but in your buttocks, but buttocks, and <laughs> and they uh, give you that shot, and uh, with all the vitamin C and all that. And still, I ended up getting sick, Ebo. That's what bragging does. <laughs> That's what bragging does. <laughs> I got humbled. So that that other voice that you hear is Ebo Elder. I've had him on the show. How many times? Once, twice. You've been yeah, up I here think a twice, times. at least twice, maybe at least. maybe three times, at least. Yeah, so I had him on. He has a great uh, story. You have that book. Uh, yeah. The book, the book. Where's it at? Here we go. Here it is. Show the cameras. It's the great comeback, Ebo. It's his story. I've had his testimony on the show before. But where, where can they find that book about your life, about being a, a, a boxer? Yeah, yeah, thegreatcomeback.com. Yeah. Oh, and and they, oh, so just go there to your main yeah, website. Go to thegreatcomeback.com. There's lots of information there. You can purchase the books, purchase shirts, Jesus Strong T-shirts, and all kind of good stuff. But it's not just about boxing, man. This is a, I yeah. find that 80-year-old grandmas and 7-year-old little little kids love this book. So it's, it's boxing is kind of where, is where God had you at that time. Yeah. But the book is you going through this, this life process and the fight of like, the fight of life, man. Exactly. Yeah. And the process of like going through the hard times and the success and the failures and that whole thing. I hate when people like look at a book and they go, Oh, it's a, it's a, it's a boxing book or, yeah. or, or, or Ryan's story. It's just, it's about a skateboarding. No dude, there's, there's so much to it. Yeah. That's just where God had me. Yeah. At one point, that's where God had you. Yeah, so go book, scoop it up. Yeah, this book's for everybody, man. We're, we're all in a fight. You know, everybody I know is in a fight. They're fighting for to overcome depression, anxiety, uh, fighting to, you know, raise good kids and put them through college, fighting to pay for their daughter's weddings. and. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. all that, Everybody's in a fight to one degree or another. And, and I, I found the answer to victory, to winning the fight. And... Uh, you know that the book's about that book is very timely. It's uh it's been out for a little bit, but it should definitely be a great buy right now because of everything that's going on, um, with with the COVID going on and you know everything that's happening. It's bringing a lot of stress financially and people with their families. Uh, everyone's life they're um routines. They're out of their routines, and it's. You kind of get out of whack and weird when you get out of your routine. I don't know about you, but when I'm out of my routine, you just kind of feel like things are just out of whack, kind of, you know? So, yeah. so yeah. Well, I know a lot of people that are, you know, um, metaphorically on the mat right now that, that are beat up, they're hurt, they're they're confused, they're frustrated. And, uh, you know, and this is a, a book that will be a great encouragement. It's got some practical aspects to it, practical, you know, yeah. means of, 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 you know, attaining your comeback. Because I believe that, that God has a great comeback in store for all of us. Yeah. And everybody needs to come back to a deg- one degree or another. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's a, uh, it, it's, 
I got some great reviews, man. 50, roughly 55 star reviews on Amazon. Yep. People are loving it. And uh, and like I say, it's everybody, seven-year-old kids, the 80-year-old ladies, yep. and everybody in between. Yeah. There it is. Go scoop it up. Yeah. Well, I wanted to bring you back on the show because you're in town and uh, you're out from, where, where, where are you living now? Yeah, man, I'm in the metropolis of Hogansville, Georgia. Georgia. Is there snow right now? No. No. S- snow's there, right? We get, you know, I lived in Knoxville for six years. Yeah. And, and, and there it snows. But we moved to Georgia. It's still bitterly cold, but you don't get the snow. Uh-huh. I mean, every now and then. It snows a little bit every now and then. But it's uh, just, you know, brutal, humid. Yeah, humidity and snow. Yeah, it gets wild over there, man. It's, pr- it's an it's a interesting life. The weather, you know, when you grew up in California, yeah. it's like you. Oh. I, I went on a tour over in uh, where were we? We're in Rochester, New York, mm. and they're like, "Yeah, uh, we're gonna book the whosoever's head was playing." Uh, we had like a chariot with a bunch of bands, and we rented this venue, and I remember showing up, and it was so cold there. I had like a zip up, like a zip up hoodie on. Yeah. Like, what am I thinking? You know, I don't go to the East Coast. A hoodie. And there was there was icicles, dude. There were straight icicles hanging. From the from these buildings, big old huge, yeah, I massive was like, icicles. I, I was just tripping out, like 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 I'm talking like icicles that are like four feet. They'll kill you if they fall on you. For real, I was yeah. tripping. I was like, dude, this is insane. It was freezing cold, but uh, it was it was pretty cool. But I uh, man, I, I I went down on some ice. Went to go eat that night at the restaurant with that black ice that night. Yeah, the whole thing, the real deal. Yeah. Well, check this out. I wanted to bring you in. Because I want to take some live calls with you. Yeah. And uh, just, you know, may- encourage people where they're at it. tonight. You know, and I was just driving over here thinking, I'm like, man, because I know Ebo has that book out and, you know, the great comeback and, and, and people are going through some tough times right now and they need to be encouraged. Mm-hmm. That's what that book's about. And you're the guy. <laughs> you're here. Yeah. So let's do some encouraging. You down? I'm down, man. That's awesome. All right. Let's, th- let's give the number out. Triple eight five six four. Six one seven three, triple eight five six four, six one seven three. Go ahead and give us a call. We are live right now in studio in Southern California. The station uh, where this show is now on over hundred and fourteen stations. Wow. How sick is that? That's God is sick. good, huh? Yeah, that's amazing. Doing some cool stuff. So and then it goes out to all the social media platforms and YouTube and Vimeo and iHeartRadio and all that stuff. So it's really been an awesome thing. But uh, we're going to give this number out again, 888-564-6173. So I'm going to start, I'm going to start with giving you a question just so we can get, get the things, yeah. get this party started. Yeah, let's do it. So, you know, someone right now that is listening that is in the, in that place where you were talking about, you know, the pandemic hit, maybe they're, they're, they're out of their routine you know, they haven't been in the word. They just feel kind of distant from God. They feel like they're dirty sinners. And they just they just don't feel connected the way they used to be before the whole pandemic happened. Because this is a lot of Christians right now. You know, yeah. the, the pandemic hit, and it just shook up everything. People can't go to church. People are home watching their kids all day long. They're not, yeah. you know, it just shook up the whole routine. What would you say to someone that is just basically totally discouraged right now and they feel they're not even in touch with God right now. Yeah, you know, so so when we're thrown out of our routine, when you have a good, healthy routine, that's a good thing for everybody to be in a healthy, 
routine of consistency, consistently in the work, consistently in church, consistently in fellowship, community, serving your, your, your one another. That's a good thing. But when it, when you get knocked out of that, as COVID has done, yeah, it can be a frustrating place to be. You know, I've seen that even in my own family, you know, kids being, uh, not being able to go to school and trying to do school on computers. And, and that was a nightmare. Yeah. You know? And, uh, Lots of things there. Um, it, but if you're feeling alone, you can always bet that Jesus, you are not alone. You are not alone. Jesus guarantees us he will never leave us nor forsake us. And we can rest in that. You know, we can rest knowing that, that Jesus is always with us. We might feel alone. We might even be alone as far as it is with other people. I know some people that have been quarantined and they've been by themselves for long periods of time. And that's a that's a tough place to be. But Jesus is always with you. Not only is he with you, he indwells the believer. And um Yeah. I wanna I wanna jump in here. Yeah, jump as in. you're saying that. Jump in. You said I love that verse. He will need he'll he will never leave you nor forsake you. That's right. So he's always there, and you said he indwells in you. So when you give your life to Christ and you repent of your sins, which means just flip a U-turn in your life, yeah. you go away from the, the deeds of the flesh, the body appetites, and you head to Christ. Yeah. He sends his Holy Spirit and he fills you with the Holy Spirit. Right. So the Father God is in heaven. The Son, Jesus Christ, is sitting at the right hand of the Father interceding for you. You come boldly through the throne of grace. That's right. But then he implants his Spirit in you. And the three are one. So he says he'll never leave you for, or, or he'll never leave you or forsake you because his Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit is inside of you. Yeah, absolutely. So in these times you may feel like you're alone, but if you have the Holy Spirit in you, you're not alone. If never. you've given your Christ, you're not alone. He's always in and with you. Always. You know what's cool? So I uh, I taught from uh, John six. I actually be teaching from John six in the morning at Living Way Fontana. Oh, you're gonna be out with Zamora. Yeah, yeah. And there's a there's a there's a, a piece of that. This is the feeding of the five thousand, and then Jesus walking on water. And uh, Mark's account says um, that Jesus saw the disciples. They were they were rowing their guts out, trying to get across the Sea of Galilee. They only made it halfway, and and between six and nine hours of rowing they're rowing their guts out they're just fighting you know they're 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 doing the grind you know everybody wakes up and goes to the grind they're grinding their guts out for nine hours they make it halfway across the sea of galilee and jesus is on the mountain praying and it says that he sees them he sees them, he yep. sees them. when we feel alone we can always rest knowing that hey Jesus sees me. Yeah. And not only does he see me, it's not like he sees me and he's disconnected from me. He sees me. And the Bible says he is intimately acquainted with every detail of my life. Mm -hmm. The things that bring me sorrow, bring him sorrow. And the things that bring me joy, bring him joy. He's intimately connected to, to, to the believer, to, the, to, the, to his children. He's intimately connected. And he sees you. So maybe you're listening right now and you say, nobody sees, nobody cares. You know, Jesus sees and he cares and he loves you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, that's, that's great, great stuff right there. <clears throat> All right. I'm giving the number out. 888 
Give us a call. We're in studio right now with Ebo Elder, and this is Ryan Reese. And every question is a good question. Yeah. You know, that it, the thing that I love about this show is that I like to break the gospel and everything down very simple. And, you know, there's a lot of people that even would say, you know, a, a, something like this, like, why do we pray to Jesus? I pray to God. They don't even understand right. that Jesus is the bridge. He gets us. He's the only way to God. He's just asking anything in my name and it will be done. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But they, people don't know why Jesus, why the Son, why not God the Father? Right. You know, and so even something that's as simple as that to like most Christians would go, oh, it's Jesus. Some people don't know that. And that's why every question is a good question. Every question is a good good question. Okay, here we go. We have a, we have a call. I'm going to give out the number before we uh, take this call. 888-564-6173. 888-564-6173. We are taking questions. We want to we wanna encourage people tonight. People need encouragement. Here we go. We're going to go out and grab Kate from Colorado. Kate, how are Hi. you doing tonight? Well... Uh, basically very good, but okay. I just have some issues and I wanted to see what you would tell me. Okay. What, what, what is it? Well, I came from a real bad, bad background, a childhood abuse. Mm -hmm. Both parents tried killing me. My first husband tried killing me and I just don't feel like I have any worth. I have a hard time setting boundaries and to... Uh, feel like I have any rights. Okay. All right. So we have one of my friends that I've had on the show several times. Her name's uh, Christina Beaudreau. She was on the show a couple of weeks ago, I think, too. Her her deal is she, as she grew up, um, she was being not, no one was trying to kill her, but she was being um, sexually abused and raped by a family member from a very young age, and that led her into a life of dressing with baggy clothes and trying to look ugly because she didn't want people to look at her in that way. And anyway, all that to say um, she lost her identity with self-worth and got into depression and suicide and cutting and, you know, the, the whole went through all those those things. And what I she, what she realized that. is that... Um, you know, God didn't uh, do this to her, but she ended up going to Christ and asking God, hey, God, like, I need you to do that work inside of me because because the only one that could come in to do that supernatural work in our heart and heal that brokenness in our heart, it has to be a work of the Holy Spirit. And I wish I could just give you a verse or something to make you feel better. But it's literally, this is where you have to press in. As Ebo was saying er earlier, and I'm going to let you jump in too, Ebo. He was saying how Jesus will never leave you nor forsake you. He He knows this what brings you sorrow. He knows what brings you joy. He knows our innermost heart. He knit us together in our mother's womb. He knows us, and he is the great healer. He is the physician. And it has to be a supernatural work of God's power coming in interceding and as you read the word of God he's going to show you who you are according to what his word says because the enemy he likes to lie and he likes to put these thoughts in and he likes to magnify the stuff that has happened in our life to continue to get a hold of us to to bring this uh, depression and anxiety and all these lies and invade us because what he wants to do 
is he not only wants to hurt us physically, but he does want to hurt us in our mind and, and spiritually and get control. He's the king of mind games. And that's that's what I would say with you to you is that you would also that you need to get plugged into a church that that is teaching the word of God and meet with some people that can counsel you and pray with you, some pastors that can lay their hands on you because the word of God says you anoint them with oil, you lay hands on them, that God will heal them. Because God God needs to do a supernatural work in your life. And I've seen my friend Christina, which I've had on the show several times. I've walked with her over the last eight years of my life, and I've seen God do what no one can do in her life. And she's walking it out, and there's a slow there's been a slow transformation. But God will show you your identity because your identity is in Christ. I'm gonna let Ebo uh, jump in here and, and say a couple things. Yeah, hi, Kate. Okay, How are you. are you? Okay. Yeah, I'm fine. Good, good. Well. Thank you for sharing with us. You know, I grew up in an abusive uh, situation as well and uh, was manipulated and controlled for most of my early years by fear and being afraid I was going to be hurt uh, or or at times, you know, at times severely hurt. And, um, and you know, due to that, there was a, a lot of things with my identity as well. I struggled with learning my identity in Christ. Rather, I thought my value was found in success. My value was found in accomplishment. And that's part of the reason why I dedicated myself to being a great boxer because I felt like when I was a great boxer, people would value me and I would, I would matter. I would, um, you know, that my identity was in success and accomplishment. And uh, it set me up for years of, you know, trying to find value and meaning and identity and never being able to, because that's not where we find our true identity. Our true identity, when you've put your faith in Christ, your identity is a, a child of God, you know, an heir to his throne, a you know, co-laborer with the Lord. And you are infinitely valuable to God. And, and I just encourage you to, to acknowledge and recognize um, your value to God and your identity in Christ. That's, we're going to pray for you. Okay. Um, Kate. Thank you. Yes. That really helped me. Yeah, absolutely. And God, you know what? There's power in prayer. And when you pray, God does stuff. And that's, that's the bottom line. We've seen it so much. You just uh, open your heart right now to him. And I'm going to just pray that God is going to touch you. Another thing real quick, Ryan. Yeah, go ahead. Another thing to remember, you know, a lot of times Satan will bring to mind and accuse us with the decisions we've made in our past. You know, maybe, maybe bad decisions, mistakes, you know, these kind of things, sins against God. And he'll use those against us. He's the accuser of the brethren, you know? Oh. And, um, and a lot of times we allow that to shape us. And, but I, I want to exhort you, encourage you again, that our identity is not found in what we've done, but it's found in what Christ has done. You know, when God sees us, he doesn't see the Ebo that's made mistake and sins. The Bible says that, he, he erases our sins as far as the east is from the west. You know, he, he, he wiped, washes them away with the blood of Christ. And when God sees me and when God sees you, if you've put your faith in Jesus for salvation, he sees his son who lived a sinless life yet died in our place a sinner's death. So, so be encouraged with that, Kate. I really, I hope that does help you. All right. We're going to pray. Um, yeah. 
Okay, in Jesus' name, yeah. I ask, Lord, that you just uh, send your Holy Spirit and just touch Kate and that you will literally fill her and baptize her with the fire and the power, Lord. I pray in Jesus' name that anything the enemy has attached or any of these strongholds, any of these footholds as the scriptures talk about, that you literally break them in Jesus' name with the power of your Holy Spirit. Cover her with the blood that was shed on the cross, washing her white as snow. Lord, I pray that your healing touch will heal her spiritually. And God, that you will heal her anything physically that's going on, God. I pray that you will heal her heart, Lord, from the brokenness, Lord. I pray that you will just give her that peace that comes only from heaven through the power of your Holy Spirit. I pray that that peace will flow from her head to her feet right now, that she will feel an overwhelming calmness upon her, Lord. I pray that, Lord, that you will give her rest for her mind. I would just rebuke all the de demonic activity that's, that's messing with her mind and spitting those lies in Jesus' name. Lord, send your warrior angels to surround her house and protect her. I pray your Holy Spirit will flow through her house and push out anything that's not of you that's in her house and just clear that place so that your spirit will reign. The holiness will reign in that house, God, and that your spirit will just flow through that place, God. And make that place a, a, a house of place of rest for her soul so she can relax and have a night of, of great sleep tonight. I pray in Jesus' name that you will give her a hunger for her, for the word of God. That she will dig in and she will start reading. And as she reads those words, that those words will literally start jumping off the page. And you will speak to her, God, through the situations and the things that are going on in her life. And that she will start finding her identity through those words of who she is, who you say she is, because those words are truth. Mm -hmm. And those thoughts that she's getting, those fiery darts, as the scripture says, those are lies from the enemy. And Satan has come to steal, kill, and destroy. But you've come to give life abundantly. Yeah. So Holy Spirit, come now, continue to flow in and through her and give her more of that peace, more of that joy, more of that love. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, Amen. Amen. Thank you. Amen, too. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. We love you. All right. Thanks for calling in, Kate. Thank all you. right. Check back with thank us you. in a couple weeks and let us know how you're doing. All right. Okay. I will. All right. Thank have, you. Have a great night. Awesome. Good stuff. All right. Let's give this number out 888 6173. We are taking calls. We are taking questions. We are here to party, whatever, whenever, however. You know, <laughs> right? Elder. Yeah, you, you know, right? I love it, man. Uh, Ephesians chapter 2 says that we are God's workmanship. And you know, that word workmanship means masterpiece. Masterpiece. Yeah, you, know, you look at creation, you look at the universe we live in 150 billion light years from end to end, this incredible universe, nature, how beautiful uh, creation is. And this is the sin cursed version, by the way. Yeah. But you look at it, and God looks at, looks at human beings, mankind created in the image of God, and says, hey, that that's my masterpiece. Yeah. That's my my pride and joy, the apple of my eye. He's working. He's working. It, he's always working it out. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like when you said that the masterpiece. I love uh, when it talks about. It's in Jeremiah. I don't remember exactly where. It's like twenty two or something. 
but it talked about the the potter and the wheel. Yeah. You know, I love that illustration where it talks about the potter and he he makes the pot, um, and then if it doesn't turn out the way he wants it, that vessel out of clay, he smashes it down, reforms it, and creates it again. And I feel like as a Christian, you know, obviously the potter is represented as, as Christ. We are the lump of clay. Right. And we're nothing, but God knows what he wants to do with our life. And sometimes we can't see, nor can the clay see what it's supposed to be. Yeah. But then he develops it and shapes it into this vessel. And, you know, as I started looking at that passage, thinking about it, I thought, you know, we, I feel like in my life that we go through these different chapters, people refer to them as, or different or seasons. seasons. Yeah. And, or I, I say they're different. We're different, like vessels for different times. Like right. God breaks us and shapes us and molds us into this vessel for this season. Yeah. But then He's like, you know what? I'm gonna use you for something. Lord, just say a little bit bigger. Now you've been faithful with the small things right. that I've, I've assigned you to. I'm now I'm gonna make. I'm gonna. We're gonna develop you. We're gonna grow you a little bit more into something. You're gonna take on more responsibility, yeah. or a bigger project. But we gotta make you a bigger vessel. Yeah. yeah. So what does He do? Bam, smashes yeah. us, breaks us down to the ground. And, dude, when you get broke and you get smashed, it hurts. Hey, yeah, but you know <laughs> what I love about it? See, you know, uh, the Bible says that God is faithful to finish, finish yeah. the work he began in us. And, and that's a, that's a cons- that's consoling to me because I've started a lot of projects I didn't finish. You know, I'm not always a finisher, but God always finishes what he starts. And that, that specifically speaks of his work in us. He's going to finish what he's begun in us. And it's a great work. So, And, and you know what? Don't, you know what? I want to speak into this, too. Don't get discouraged because you might feel like Ebo just said. He says he gets things half done sometimes. Or, or no, he doesn't finish them. Yeah. You, know, you might be feeling right now like you're like, I, you know, I've been going after God and I just, I'm, I'm just stopped. I just, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm just half finished. Yeah. God's not done with you. He knows exactly where you are. He knows what needs to be done, and he's going to continue the process. But what it comes down to, because we're not robots, we have free will, all we have to do is say, God, let's do this. Yeah, and, you know, go back to him for strength. It's when we try to do it in our own strength and in our flesh. That's when we get discouraged, and ultimately we end up giving up because we, we realize we can't do it. And that is the key. You can't do it. No. But but the strength that God provides is endless and, and it's available. And, and you know why people run out of strength? People run out of strength because God provides the power, correct? Right. Through right. the work of the Holy Spirit, that right. dunamis power. Acts now, chapter 1, verse 8. But yeah. Exactly. Now, the reason why people run out of the power is because they're not connected to the power source. What's the power source? Divine. It's Christ. The true vine. But what? how do we get connected to Christ? The Word of God, because right. the Word became flesh. Jesus Christ became flesh. The Word of God became flesh. So the Word is Jesus. The Bible is Jesus. That's right. So that's His words. So why are people out of power? Because they're not connected to the power through the Word. That's right. That's, that's right. what's up. The Word, prayer, yep. and obedience. Uh, you know, uh, um, Meditation on the Word. Sanctification yep. through the Holy Spirit, uh, communication through prayer. Hey, I'm, I'm with you. If I, if yeah. you or I or anyone in this K-Way building right now, if we stop reading the Word the next two days or whatever, do that power source just starts. It's just, you know, my, my dad gave this illustration a while ago. I'm not going to go into the whole thing because we're going to go to break. But he basically goes, hey, look at your phone. He's all, if you don't charge your phone, what happens? I go, it's dead. It's, used, it's good for nothing. Yeah. He's all, if you're not pl- plugged into the power which we just yeah. went through the illustration. Yeah, yeah. If you're not doing all that, 
You're like an iPhone. An iPhone without the power is useless. You, as a believer, without the power connection, you're useless. Yeah. You can't just be right enough that you will go dead as yeah. far as the power source. Yeah. We're going to be going to break in a minute. Ebo, you got a book. It's called The Great Comeback. It's on Amazon. Ebo Elder, he is a professional boxer. But this thing is more than boxing. This is a faith-building book. This is a, a discipleship book. This is a... Uh, what's the other thing? It's um, it's a life experience, right? Yeah, yeah. A life application. Yeah, you know, half of it's before I came to know Christ. The last half's after I came to know Christ. You know, this could be used to lead somebody to the Lord and disciple somebody in the Lord. It's it's a great tool. Um, the the subtitle: Coming back from abuse, depression, divorce, and defeat to find victory, freedom, and an amazing life. Get to Amazon. Now, if you miss some of the show or you want to hear uh, a couple of the other shows that Ebo's been on, you can go to thewhosoevers.com. Uh, you'll find uh, the, the past radio shows. We got an app. We sell products. Uh, it funds our Whosoever's movement. We tour the schools. You might say the schools are shut down, but we are still getting into private schools. We're going to local skate parks, and we're getting just as many kids showing up to the local skate parks as the schools. So we haven't even stopped We've been going on tour during the pandemic. We have a couple films out with the tour videos. Ten days doing 30 events. We have not stopped. We've seen thousands of kids come to Lord during the pandemic. Wow. Which right now with high school kids, they're in a middle school kids, they're in a major crisis right now. Depression has spiked. Suicide has spiked. Overdose has spiked. But Christ is moving. So stay tuned in, and we're going to be back in two minutes right after the break. We love you guys. Peace. Of the Ryan Reese Show coming up. Post your questions at Ryan Reese on his Instagram, Twitter, and/or Facebook. Now back, back to the Ryan Reese Show. All right, we're we're back. That's true. We are back. I got Ebo Elder in studio. What's up? And we are taking calls. I mean, we got lots we can talk about too. What do you want to talk about? We can talk about you know my time with Floyd Mayweather, getting in the ring, duking it out with Floyd. That's yeah, a good conversation. Tell me about it. Oh man, it was a great time. Back in, <laughs> back in uh, beginning of 2004, God called me back into boxing. I'd been out of boxing for two and a half years, yeah. and uh, and he, he saved me. He opened my eyes. Uh, I surrendered my life to the Lord, January 2004, and uh, middle of that year, we got a call from Mayweather's camp. He was about to fight Demarcus Corley, another left-hander, and they said they asked if I would come out to Vegas and help him get ready. So we said, sure. So we go out. Uh, the deal was we do the training camp with him, and at the end of the training camp, they pay us. Everything is on our dime, though. We pay our own hotel, own rental cars, own flights, everything. So we say, okay, sure. So we go out. I wasn't supposed to start training until the next day, but the day we get there, we're at the gym. We want to let them know we're there. We're in the gym, and we go see Leonard Ellerby, his uh, manager. And all of a sudden, I see, hear somebody singing a gospel song, but instead of putting the name Jesus, they're saying Pretty Boy. Floyd, this is before Floyd was uh, money. He was Pretty Boy back then. But um, anyway, it was Floyd singing a gospel song about himself. It was crazy. <laughs> that is insane. So he comes in the gym and he says, and, I, and keep in mind, I had just ate a foot-long subway. I wasn't planning on getting in the ring right then. I just got off a plane. He, <laughs> says, he says, get ready. I want to get in the ring. I'm like, okay. And I, to be completely honest, I wasn't 
in the you know prime conditioning. I was just like, Lord, you're gonna have to help me, right? I'm yeah. the best fighter in the world. And um, so we get in the ring, man, and what ensued was one of the most frustrating sparring sessions of my life. And we were sparring like eight minute rounds. 15 seconds rest. I mean, and Floyd was trying to kill me. And uh, and uh, we make it, it's all over, you know, 30, 45 minutes later, it's over, and we're, we're ready to head back. We head back to the hotel, but Floyd cut my nose. The top of my nose was cut. Probably needed a good five stitches. And we're back at the hotel. Well, what are we going to do? You know, I can't go get stitches because the first time I get hit again, it'll bust it open, and I can't not do anything. The only option we had, Ryan, was to pray. That's all. And God had to provide a miracle, or we were going to lose all the money we put up and have to go home. And they were, and Floyd and them were okay with that. I realized quickly when I got there, I was there to be a human punching bag. That's what I was there for. <laughs> and uh, but what Floyd didn't know is that I wasn't there under his orchestration. I was there under the orchestration of the living God. Yes. And uh, we prayed. I went to bed. The next morning, I get up. I take a shower. I forgot all about it. I'm sitting there brushing my teeth, and I, and, and it dawned on me, what about the cut? And I, I wiped the steam off the mirror, and it was gone, bro. No way. It was gone. No. <laughs> yeah, so I don't I don't like to over-spiritualize things. Yeah. But, hey, that was a flat-out miracle, bro. That's a miracle. So we go back, and from that day on, man, God just had his hand upon me. And uh, by the end of the camp, people were, you know, standing ovations by everybody in the gym. You know, it was a great time together. I go, we, we go to leave, walked in Leonard Ellaby's office. Floyd's there with him, and um, and, and Leonard Ellaby starts handing out, you know, counting out $100 bills to pay us. And he got to how much he owed us, and uh, Floyd looked at me and said, Evo, I want you to know, man, you've been a real blessing to me being here. Because I had shared Christ with him the whole yeah. time. And yeah, yeah. Quoting scripture in the ring when he's talking trash. It was great. Uh-huh. But he said, I want you to know you've been a blessing to me, and I really appreciate you being here. And they paid us twice what they owed us. And, no way. Uh, yeah. And, and it picks up a year later. I was back in Vegas fighting for the world title, uh-huh. ran into uh, Floyd in the MGM. Long story there, but, um, you know, I saw God doing a work in Floyd Mayweather's life. And uh, I certainly, I, I pray for him now that, that he'll be yielded to that work, you know. But anyway, all, all kind of great stuff like that in the book, you know. That's a great, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, they got to check it out. They got to yeah. get to Amazon and, and scoop that up. Yeah. That's a funny story. I can't believe it, that with the nose. That's incredible. Yeah, man. Incredible. But I, want, I want you to know, man, uh, Flo- the, the sparring sessions with Floyd were some of the most hostile environments. I tell you, it's when, when you get put in a place like that, it's when it really tests. Do you just believe what you say you believe or do you really believe it? Like, is uh, all this God talk, you know, it really... It, it's where the rubber meets the road. Yeah. When you're in the ring with the best fighter in the world, you're going eight minute rounds, fifteen seconds rest, and 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 he wants to beat you down. He wants to knock you out, right? Yeah. Not <laughs> not beat you to to your know, coma. <laughs> you know, and if Floyd could have beat me into a coma, he would have. He would have. <laughs> and it's like, hey, let's go. <laughs> let's bring it. 
But, but hey, I want you to know, it wasn't me. Like, I'm just a little white dude that grew up in a gravel road in Palmetto, Georgia. I'm a nobody. But but my God had a had a plan through my yeah. life in that season, and that was to be one of the best fighters in the world. Yeah. And uh, and God equipped me to do everything he called me to do in that season. Yeah. And uh, to him, all the glory to God, man. That's amazing. That is amazing. That, that's encouraging because the whole faith thing is – it's true. And even like, uh, even in the days that we're living now with everything that's going on, um, where the, where the rubber meets the road, you know, I feel like what's going on in, in the state of the church and the world is that even like with, with COVID, once COVID hit, it knocked out a lot of believers out of church and they, they haven't returned. Yeah. Like not out of church, but just like away from their faith. Yeah. Like Sunday, Sunday Christians. Yeah. I go every Sunday. But that's like their church. Like they don't have that relationship. Yeah. And a relationship with God is like if I, so I'm married. So imagine if I just saw my wife for like an hour. A week. An hour a week. Yeah. And then I'd be like, yeah, dude, I'm a, I'm married to my, I'm married. Yeah. My wife, I love her. Yeah. That's like a lot of Christians. They just go to Sunday morning and they're like, oh yeah, I'm a Christian. Yeah. Because you go for, you you, talk, you go and hear a Bible study for an hour a a, a a week. Yeah. It's not a relationship. It's not even close. I mean, it's not even logical. But what happened is COVID and everything knocked everyone out of church. And now, you know, I feel like it's where the rubber meets the road with believers. Like you have to fight for it. If you want to be a Christian, yeah. you want to have a, or you want to have a relationship with God, you got to figure it out. Yeah. It's a lot harder now. Yeah. Even like, even people like us or like with me that have young kids, you have all your kids now. It's not like you can just go to church and drop them off at the um, Sunday school and then you can go to church. Yeah. How do you navigate through that? Well, I can't watch church with all my kids going crazy, you know, young kids. So I have to get it in in different areas now. You know, and people need to remember, you know, not only does do we need to attend church and be in fellowship and community with other believers. That's, that's a necessary part of the life of a Christian. But not only do we go to church, we are the church you are the church christians are the church so be the church live a life that honors god give him preeminence in all things and uh you know cultural christianity's um i would say fairly predominant in the southeast the bible belt that cultural christianity where people just go to church and they think they're you know they're a christian because they go to church on christmas and easter you know and their great great granddad's been preaching for five hundred years, you know. Yeah, yeah. But but you know, it is Ryan, you said it. It's about a relationship with Jesus. Yeah. It's all about abiding in a relationship and fellowship with uh with the Lord. So And then one positive thing, one of the many about a relationship is that, you know, because you've had a relationship with Christ at one time, you know, these Christians I'm talking about, God loves you. Yeah. And he wants a relationship. Yeah. You might have not have seen him for a while, we'll just say. Yeah. You've been away. Yeah. He's been there the whole time because he'll never leave you or forsake you, like we said. But he has open arms. He's waiting for you. Yeah, yeah. You know, you. Genesis one twenty six, the, the Trinity, God, God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit say, Let us make man in our image and our likeness right. for the purpose of relationship. You know, animals, they're not created in the image of image of God. They don't have a relationship with God. You know, trees and plants don't have a relationship with God, but God created us, body, soul, and spirit, that we can have a relationship 
with him. That's that's a rad thing if you think about it. The infinite, eternal God of the universe wants a relationship with you. You know, uh, John 17 is a great verse. You know, people have asked me before, where does the Bible say he he wants a relationship? And uh, and you go to John 17, and Jesus is praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he says, Father, I pray that that Christians are one as we are one. Yeah. They're in unity. And then he says, and that they are one in us. He wants the same relationship with us he has within the Trinity. God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are perfectly united. He wants that unity and harmony with his kids as well. All right. Good stuff. I'm going to add another question that we have online. Uh says, what do you, wait, what do you do when you feel like you don't belong and that God isn't helping? That you don't read that belong. again? Yeah, yeah. Is what this, do you do? Mike? Is this Mike here? No, this is, a, this is, we're going to take Mike next. Okay, okay. Okay, here we go. What do you do when you feel like you don't belong and that God isn't helping? So you, you feel like you don't belong but God, and God's not helping you. Yeah, you know, I, I think I'd have to ask there, don't belong to what? Yeah. You know, what don't you belong to? You yeah. know, it may be something you don't need to belong to. There might be a group of people that isn't the best thing for you to belong to that group. There is one thing you can rest sure that you belong to, and that's you belong to Jesus. Yeah. The Bible says that you were created through him, by him, and for him. You belong to Jesus. So don't seek belonging to some group of people that you think you, you may want to belong to, seek to belong to Jesus. And, and you do that by, by putting your faith in him. Yeah. That, that's actually a good one. What, to what? To what know? do you want to belong? Maybe God's like trying to pull you out of that situation. You don't want to belong, but you do belong to Christ. You belong you know? to Christ. All right, here we go. We got, we got a phone call coming out of Huntington Beach. We're going to go ahead and grab it. It's Mike from HB. What is up? How you doing tonight? Hi, Ryan. Thanks for taking my call. Um, yeah, my question's about First Kings. Um, God appeared to Solomon twice in chapters 3 and 6, very obviously. But then in First um, Kings 11, you know, he God became angry with Solomon because he had all these wives. And, you know, God was, was angry and actually turned against Solomon. Um, so I was wondering, you know, did Solomon still probably end up going to heaven? And, you know, did he write Proverbs after he had all these wives and God was angry with him? Or, you know, what what's, what do you think the story is with that? Because, I mean, if, if God appears to me twice, like God appeared to Solomon twice, um, I don't know. I mean, I, I would be tempted, but I'd still be pretty anchored. You have two obvious um, appearances by God like that. All right, we're going to uh, go ahead. Can I take your your answer off the air? Um, off the air? Uh, I think we're okay, on I'm going to hang up and I'll, I'll oh, uh, oh, take I see your answer off, okay, got it, guys. off the air. Okay, I got you, got you, got you. All right, did you hear the question? Yeah, yeah is Solomon in heaven or not? Yeah. You know, it, you know, he obviously was not walking with the Lord. You know, he made mistakes, like we all do. We're not saved by our works. We're not saved by our obedience or our righteousness, thankfully. Yeah. If I was saved by my righteousness, well, I'm going to hell. <laughs> but I'm saved by Christ's righteousness and the blood that he shed in my place, his mm -hmm. substitutionary atonement. And, you know, that's why I would definitely say Solomon is, is he was a man of God. 
He was flawed, just like we all are. Yep. But by the grace of God, he inherited eternal life. Um, you know, so, I mean, you, you can take, take an example of a guy like Lot, an Old Testament, Abraham's nephew. We see no fruit in his life. And, in fact, the end of his life was radically and tragically godless. But Hebrews speaks of Lot as righteous Lot. Not one piece of fruit did we ever see in his life. Now I don't, I don't, you know, condone that lifestyle or say, hey, that's it's okay not to have any fruit in your life. We need to have fruit in our life and live a live a Christ-like life. But that's not how we we don't attain heaven by our righteousness. We attain it by faith in Jesus because He attained it for us. Mm-hmm. So even Lot is in heaven. So yes, I, I believe Solomon. And you know, granted, I can never. One thing I can never do is condemn anybody. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not in a position to condemn somebody, and um, but I but I, I certainly feel comfortable saying that um, Solomon will meet him in heaven. It's God's grace. Yeah, it's God's grace. The Bible from Genesis to Revelation shows a bunch of failures of men, and it's just God's grace working in and through them through the Bible, which encourages us. Yeah. At the end of the day, because none of us have arrived. I don't care what pastor, what evangelist, who you're looking at that may look like a superstar that teaches the Bible ridiculous. We all have shortcomings. We all, you know, struggle with one thing or another. And it's just working out our faith daily and grace and mercy. And, you know, no one, no one's making a habit of, of, of trying to sin or anything like that. But we just, you know, things, people, we just. Man, man is man. Yeah, man is man. Look at David for, as an example. He also had multiple wives, and yes, God did command that kings would have one wife. So David was in sin, having multiple wives. I think he had eight wives. Um, Solomon had three hundred wives and seven hundred concubines. So- what is up with that, though? <laughs> what is up with yeah, that? It's funny. They say he's the wisest. You know, the Bible records Solomon. He wasn't that wise. Not you know, How could you deal with that many women? At one, one time? woman's hard enough, <laughs> much less a thousand. But look, David, he made mistakes as well. But what did God call David? A man after God's own heart. I know. So thank you, Lord. For your amazing grace. I want to go back to the women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, can you, how, how many women was that again? 300 wives 300. and 700 concubines. 300 or, I mean, That wives. might be backwards, I forget, but 1,000 nonetheless. So a 300, so 365 days, so you have a wife pretty much for every day, one day. You have three women for every day, for every year. Wait, Oh, a thousand women. Oh, oh, yeah. But I'm just talking about the wives. Okay, and then you just have the, the concubines. <laughs> yeah. The wives. Concubines on the side. So you have a wife for every day of the week, and then you have a concubine that you, you know. Yeah. That's insanity. It's crazy. You know, that is that is crazy. Yeah. That yeah. is just, uh, that is just, um, it seems to be very. Where did that come serious. from? How did that. You know, it comes from Solomon being in a backslidden state. That's what it was. He's, you know, anybody, if you're not careful, Everything is pulling us away from the Lord, but yeah. the Lord, the Lord, the Lord's knocking on the door. He's tugging on our hearts, but everything else is pulling us away. Our flesh, the world we live in, the the demonic realm, everything's pulling us yeah. away. If you're not guarding and if you're not staying on, staying yeah. in the word and in prayer and in fellowship and in community, if you're not, you slowly but surely you get drift. you get you drift away. It's it's slow. It's like you know, it's like a, a locomotive coming to a stop. It doesn't immediately happen if you quit putting coals on the fire. It happens real slow, and next thing you know, hey, 
what happened? We're so far away. And the word of God, when you read it, because it, it's, its job is to instruct us to do every good work. So what it does is as you read the word, it continues to pull you into Christ. It pulls you into that line, that straight line, that that path that Jesus says, I'll be a, a lamp to your feet. Yeah. It, it, it brings us to that path. And as far as drifting goes, I thought, because I'm a surfer and we're here in Orange County, so might as well throw this illustration out there. You know, I could go surfing. I go out, out and I could actually, uh, I could paddle out. And if there's a a, a strong riptide, you know, it'll it'll just pull you over quickly and you can you can see it fast. But what's interesting is uh you could what you could paddle out and you could be sitting outside just not looking at the uh at the um sand. You'll be looking out just for the waves to come and as you're just sitting out there talking with your friends, yeah. you're just looking and you just drift. Yeah. And literally you could end up so far down that you don't even realize where you're at. And finally you get out of the water and you're like, you drifted so far. Yeah. I mean, that's happened to my dad too. He's looking for his car and couldn't find his car for a long time because he drifted so far because it was such a far riptide out there. Yeah. But this is the thing with riptides. It's the undertow. You can't see it. Yeah. It's just underneath. And that's what happens with us as Christians sometimes is when you start drifting, you don't see the drift. Because if you see the drift, like when you're surfing like a beach break and you're just surfing there and you see if it's a hard riptide, you're seeing it. So every time you go in, you get on the beach and you run back up and jump in and you're surfing a beach break. But when you are when you paddle out to a far break, you get out there and that riptide just pulls you out and you don't even realize it. Yeah, yeah. That's you're what just we have gone. To, yeah, that's why we have to stay in the Word. You know, Paul says the Word is profitable for, to, to rebuke us, to correct us for instruction in righteousness. So that's what the Word does, man. It keeps us on track. It keeps <clears throat> us from drifting. 100%. All right, I'm going to throw the number out again. 888-564-6173. 888-564-6173. I got Ebo Elder in studio. My name is Ryan Reese, and we are doing this live right now. Um, I heard this cool quote. I'm going to go and post it, uh, or I'm going to read it. You know, you know, brother Tony Evans? Yeah. Yes. Dr. Tony Evans? Dr. Tony. I love Tony Evans, man. I've been yeah. on his app. So um, I just sent this to the Whosoever's team on the way over here. Um, unless I deleted it. Oh man, it says uh Christians, we we uh you know we say we walk by faith. He was saying we roll oh man, I messed it up. It was like I think he said something oh here it is right here. He said, I don't want to mess up the quote. Here, where's that text? Oh man, I deleted it. Never mind. You know what? I'm not gonna quote it. Oh, he says, that's how the righteous roll. They roll by faith. <laughs> they roll by faith. They roll by faith. That's right. We walk by faith. He goes, we roll by faith. He's like, what? He's like, faith, it's a lifestyle. Yeah. It's a lifestyle. That's just how we roll. That's how we walk. That's how we do. It's every day we walk by faith. It's not something that we use in certain times of our life, certain situations. Yeah. We roll by faith every single day. And you know what? It's interesting. We talk about faith and you know... Um, you know, a lot of people hear that word faith. Unbelievers hear the word faith. Even you know, Richard Dawkins talks about faith. It's a, he says it's the great cop out. It's an excuse, you know, to not believe. You know, the the evidence. But that's not at all what faith is. Faith is a gift of God. God gives us faith. We, you know, I I don't believe in the existence of God by faith. 
The Bible says that Romans chapter 1 says that nobody has an excuse because nature itself, creation, the universe is evidence for a creator. So, so we don't believe, I don't believe in God by faith. I follow him by faith. There's a difference. My logic, my intellect, my understanding, I am convinced that there, I, I am convinced of God's existence. But So I don't believe in him by hope, wishful thinking. I follow him by faith. Yeah. And I tell you, man, you know, uh, one a big part of the book is after that year where I was with Floyd and ended the year, fight of the year on Showtime, knockout of the year on Showtime, world title shot scheduled for April 23rd, 2005. 2005 was one of the most difficult years of my life because the world title shot fell through. The champion backed out with only a week to go before the fight. Um I, I had a loss later in that year. It was a very difficult year, and I saw how the Lord... He tested my faith. He took me deeper into the waters of doubt. He took me where I didn't want to go. <laughs> but he took me there, and he grew me through the process. You know, um, testing. We never like testing. Right now, you know, nobody's enjoying COVID, but I, I guarantee you uh, it may very well be a test. And here's what we have to remember. A test is never for the benefit of the teacher. It's always for the benefit of the student. And if you, if you, you know, and Jesus will continue to test us until we pass. So pass the test. You know, be thankful in all things. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. And watch what God does in your life. That's some good stuff. We're going to end this. Uh, we're going to end this now. There is a call that just came in from Tina from Los Angeles, California. It says, what do I do? I want to divorce my husband. We're unequally yoked. Well, in Corinthians, it talks about if you are a... If you are a Christian, you're married to a non-believer, you don't divorce, you stay there because you being there can influence him to become a Christian. I don't have time to take your call right now, but look up, uh, in I think it's 1 Corinthians. I don't know the chapter offhand. I, actually, it's funny enough, I was just listening. I think it's uh, chapter 6. I think chapter you're right. six. 6 or 7, yeah. So it's in Corinthians. I was just actually listening to it on the way up here on the audio Bible. Um, you are not supposed to divorce him. But you are supposed to pray for him and be that example. But I don't know the whole story. You shouldn't divorce, just to be clear. But I don't have the whole story. I don't have enough time because we're about to end. But call a local church. Call Calvary Child Board in your local city and go in for marriage counseling ASAP. Yeah. All right, Ebo, thanks for being on. People listening, listeners, go to Amazon. The Great Comeback, Ebo Elder, the yep. book. It's sick. It's going to be epic. Get it. Go to thewhosoevers.com. All the past radio shows are there forever and ever and ever. Four or five years now we've been doing this. Can't believe it. I'm getting old. <laughs> all uh, oh, man. We're all getting old. Dude, I'm going to be a granddad in May. You? I'm going to be a grandpa. You're going to be a grandpa? I'm going to be a grandpa. I can't believe it. <laughs> I'm not hanging out with you no more. I'm not hanging out with no grandpas, I'm a 42-year-old right? grandpad, bro. <laughs> I feel 20. I'm exactly when I was 22. I'm the same. I don't know what happened. Shocking. Ah. Oh, yeah. Ebo, that grandpa? Oh, yeah. Just oh, yeah. That old dude, guy. you're a young grandpa. I'm a young grandpa, That's dude. That's amazing. Yep. I don't, do you even have gray hair? I don't even see gray hair on I you. have a couple gray hair. I can shave them off. You're like the only grandpa with no gray hair. Dude, I still got a six-pack, bro. <laughs> and a six-pack. Six-pack, yeah. Dang, you washing people's clothes with that six-pack? <laughs> just... No, no. <laughs> you got a washing machine, man. Uh... No, bro. It's crazy. You know, to end on a scriptural note, James says that this life is a vapor. 
here one second, gone the next. I can relate, brother. Thank you for that ender. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we love you guys. Peace. This has been The Ryan Reese Show. To connect and find out more about Ryan, click on ryan-reese.com. Check us out next Saturday for The Ryan Reese Show.